0: The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management
1: of WFMD. i have been thinking about. It. I'm not sure that this show rep- represents the views of of me or the panelists on this show. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> I don't know. What does that say? This is the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD on the FM at 99.9 HD2 and on the web at wfmd.com you can listen live or you can catch out uh, catch out check out the podcast later on of course you can connect with this show and uh, sermons i've preached and, and the, the church i lead and the pastor's blog and and vetted trusted resources and learn about the people who are on the panel on this show and all that sort of stuff it's a one stop shop for all of that household of faith in household of faith in christ Com. On the panel again this week, Daniel Razvi, Imran Razvi, and he missed the last couple of weeks, but he's here to join us this week, is David Forsey. All four of us are pastors of churches in Frederick County, and I made the, oh, I, as I re- recall, it was kind of an offhand comment. I don't think it was the topic of the show. I think it was an offhand remark about me feeling hard-pressed to comfortably Recommend a church in Frederick County outside of the uh, churches that are represented by the men that are in this room.
2: And it sounds very so. Basically, if you want us to
1: recommend your church, reach out to us and find out yeah. if we would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I'll, 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 and I've done that not locally. Well, uh, and, and I've helped some people try to find churches in Washington County. Uh, I've helped people try to find churches in Virginia. Uh, where else have people reached out to me? Uh, I think in the Carolinas. Those people that find me online and they, say you look like the kind of church I would go to if I lived like within driving distance, but you don't, do you know anybody near where I do? And in some cases, uh, you know, I might, in one case, I actually did know some uh, of a church. In other cases, I don't really know, but I did some homework and I was able to help them figure that out. Cause I know some of the red flags and yellow flags to look for that. They might not, I don't know them all. I'm sure, but I recognize certain ones. And so, and some of those would be, I look at their leadership. And uh, if they don't have a board of elders or not elder-led, it's a church I'm probably not going to be comfortable recommending. doesn't mean that it's a bad, uh, ungodly church. I do think they're unbiblical in that regard, but it doesn't mean that they don't do everything else perfectly well, and that's their one blind spot because we're all going to have them. Um, Even if they are elder-led, if anybody who's uh, one of their preachers, teachers, or making spiritual leadership decisions for the body uh, is a female, I feel like that's out of accord with the Bible, and so I'm not going to be comfortable recommending that church um, if they don't take a biblical stance on sexuality questions, sexual identity questions, on the uh, the importance of protecting the life of the unborn, those sorts of things. Uh, so basically, so far we've knocked out all of the mainline churches, um, right? All of the traditionally big, you know, what? what used to be big churches now they're just big buildings with no people in them but the big mainline church what are called the mainline churches the old line presbyterian lutheran uh, methodist um, those kinds of uh, churches i'm a protestant so i i really wouldn't probably ever see myself recommending a roman catholic church um Certainly not going to recommend a, uh, a, a a Christian cult. So there's lots of things that are... You can knock those out right away. And we, we I don't know if it was on the air or in between shows, but uh, I don't know if it was Daniel... I think it was Imran said, well, we just like knocked out 90% of the churches, less like that. And it's true. I think we did. So you're left, left with 10. And so I would say that as recently as three, four, five years ago, I probably would have been reasonably comfortable, you know, maybe I would have made some mistakes, but reasonably comfortable probably recommending about 10% of the churches in Frederick County. And then the BLM riots happened and all the wokeism went crazy and the COVID lockdowns happened and all the restrictions that were placed on worship happened. And I'm like, okay, I don't think it's 10% anymore. And so the question is, what percentage is it? And if, and I don't know, let's say there's three, 300 churches in Frederick. I don't know. That's a made up number. I have no idea, but if there's 300 churches and we're the only three that we would recommend, we're down to 1%. <laughs> so, but I don't know. So what are some other, we did not finish talking about the restrictions because of, the government mandates. We did talk about um, catching David up and you, listener, catching you up if you missed last week's show. If your church shut down for any length of time, uh, more than, let's say, uh, if you want to be hardcore, more than a month, if you want to be a little bit more gracious, more than, let's say, three months, and they didn't open back up, and they haven't repented from that, saying, you know what, we're never doing that again, that's probably not a church I would recommend. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a church you should never attend. I'm just saying it's not a church I would recommend. Um, if they put in place a, recommend, uh, a recommendation that you keep some distance or wear a mask, I'm not a fan of that, but I wouldn't recommend against it. I could oversee that. But if they required it, if you could not come to worship unless you wore a face covering. Or you got a vaccine. Yeah, yeah, or, or, yeah, or require that you got the shot or require, you know, or separating the body and saying, you're, you're the clean, you're the unclean, and you must stay apart. You can't, you can't greet each other with a holy kiss. I've got real problems with that. And unless they've repented, publicly repented of it, I don't think I would be comfortable recommending them. And why am I so hardcore on this? Because of the times we're in. Things have changed palpably. Things are way more dramatic and hardcore now than they were just a few years ago. And a few years ago, you could kind of get away with, well, and they probably shouldn't have done that. But you know, what's the big deal? It's a big deal. We've had a lot of freedoms as the church in this culture, under this government, for reasons that are slipping away in one regard, being stolen from us in another regard. (laughs) And if we don't do something about it, It could happen fast i mean troy
2: are you just now realizing we're in a spiritual war
1: we're feeling the profundity of that in america uh in a new way in the last three years
2: it's becoming much more evident and much more easily definable that this is a spiritual war it's not a war uh uh, of anything else and whereas before people could have hard to pinpoint that. Now it's very visible. It's a spiritual war.
1: Yeah, so the, I think I hit all the big ones that we ended up talking about. I mean, there was some talk about yoga and Reiki and things like that, but those were secondary things. And we did also mention there were a few things that we wouldn't uh, choose to make issues to not recommend a church. Like if they differed with us on our view on baptism, uh, our view on end times. I'm trying to think of some other things. There were some things where like, Calvary. you know what, those are important, but we, I wouldn't yeah. tell somebody don't go to a church. Yeah, if they're Reformed versus Arminian, you know, something like that. It's like, you know what? I would say if they're hardcore armenian if they're hardcore then they're really pelagian and i'm not going to recommend a pelagian church i'm using some real theological buzzwords here but uh uh but basically if they so emphasize human free will that god loses his sovereignty i'm not going to recommend that church we must maintain the sovereignty of god and oh the trinity they must be trinitarian uh you know we talked about that a few shows ago a couple of shows ago so those are all must-haves um and i said if they're if they're reformed i'm a certainly okay with that because i'm essentially reformed uh i, I don't know if i'm as hardcore as a lot of the reformed guys would like me to be but i'm essentially reformed uh but i am nervous about some of those uh, hyper calvinist cage stage guys the frozen chosen we don't need to evangelize uh if you don't believe in limited atonement you by definition are among the uh, the damned and you're going to hell because you disagree on that on that issue of of, uh, of soteriology is like Okay, I agree with your theology, but I can't agree with your attitude behind that theology. Yeah, I, <laughs>
2: I, I heard a pastor from there argue that, and he said, "You know, you should go out and evangelize, save as many people as you can. Let God sort it out. <laughs> you know, I think He can sort it out. You yeah. don't need to worry about
1: that." Yeah, we're, we're called to be obedient and to share the good news. And, and God knows those who are His, and, yeah. and I don't know, and I don't know those who are His, and so I have to assume that everybody I'm meeting might be one of yes. His who needs to Absolutely. hear the truth, and I can be useful in God's plans to uh have the holy spirit save that person. So are there any those are the big are there any issues that you know you're would thinking you now David? You, yeah, that you're like I would never recommend a church that did or didn't do
0: or Oh. Miss. No, I think I think you hit a lot of good things and you know and certainly those are um you know and I think it's good that you mentioned this right like if there was a church that uh in some way responded to um you know in like manner uh with their their church as all the businesses were you know during covid times if you will um you know and i think it i think it is good to say okay what is you know what is their their perspective now having looked back like have they realized that they were you know in the wrong um you know and I, and i think a lot of that is also in the churches like evidence of you know what are their how how well do they discern things,
1: you know? Um, and the times call for discernment right now.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, They always do, but they really yeah. do
2: now. Yeah. <laughs> but also
1: a question you might want to ask yourself
2: uh, when you're looking for a church, are you looking to be entertained or are you looking to have a relationship with Christ? Because a lot of these churches, that's what they do. They entertain. They have basically, you know, it's a rock concert
1: and yeah, that's what and, what it and we're going to talk about music in a, a upcoming sh- show very soon possibly next week's show we'll see you we'll know, see how yeah. things go but very soon but yeah yeah you don't that's not a reason not to pick a church right because because so, uh because they don't have gifted enough singers so i'm not going to go there so <laughs> I, yeah. okay a
0: couple a couple <laughs> things that that sort of come to mind um and you know you might need to spend a little bit of time there at the church to to be able to observe this but uh you know is if a if a church is trying to um, do, th- do everything entirely new, right, is, is not looking to um, practice the, the faith as it has been, you know, regularly practiced throughout centuries and millennia, um, you know, if they're trying to do things very, very new in every way, uh, that to me is a flag.
2: Yeah, but David, the, uh, one, I think one of the peop- things we're trying to answer is the people that don't know what those traditions are, because we talked about that briefly. Okay. Some of these people really don't know what. Look, what is the biblical worldview. If you don't know the biblical worldview, how do you discern that this is a church that has it or doesn't have it?
0: Well, the, the worldview or like the, do you guys talk through like formative practices? Like
2: uh, uh, I think it, they're both related. Formative practices of what yeah. the church has done for, for millennia. As well as what the biblical worldview is, because they're related. If if you don't have a biblical worldview, then you are going to bring in, you know, the unnecessary or, or uncalled for senses or the the sense that God banned, and, and those are new things, uh, new ways to worship God. That is not acceptable. Strange fire. Strange fire. Yeah. Right. So right. I, I understand so. what you're talking about, but what uh, we we discussed a little bit is how do you dis, how does somebody that does not know or is not as uh, does not have that experience, how do they find or red flags uh, before they get indoctrinated and and realize they're in way over their head? Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, I, I also, I, I guess I'd say, you know, my approach would be like I'm looking, I'm looking, at, I would look for green flags first,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because the
2: the more the green flags, and the first green flag we said is do they do you preach from the Bible? Do you read the Bible? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good green flag yeah. to have. And and do they pray? And do they? Uh,
2: um, you know, do they do they believe in the power of God that it still exists? <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Many churches
2: don't. They they believe that the power of God is gone. That it, yeah, it, he's no longer and do, acting.
1: Do they use the Bible to interpret the Bible? Right, Scripture yeah. interprets mm-hmm. itself. Yeah,
2: kind of, for sure. Yeah.
1: So, I'll tell you one of the things I look for. You know, like when I've helped people try to find a church like that's not in our area, and I'm and and they and I'll say, are there any churches that you know are near you that you're, are on your radar screen that you're curious about? I will look at those first, and one of, mm-hmm. I'm looking for buzzwords. Because a lot of people, like if you go to a pastor, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, if you go to a pastor and say, is your church woke? Most of them say, no, we're not woke. But if you say, so do you, uh, do you believe that... Um,
0: Does everything end in justice?
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you believe that, yeah, is everything social justice, economic justice, uh, sexual justice, or whatever? Are they using words like diversity a lot on their website or equity on their website uh, oh, a, a, a lot? Things like that, inclusion, things like that. You know, if if they're emphasizing now, there is something to be said for diversity. I mean, we're, there's going to be great diversity in heaven, but we got to be careful having uh, what I like to use a big theological word every once in a while: overrealized eschatology. So we take what's going to be real for the future in glory, and we pull it now as though we must have it now. So if a church is all about their main goal is to have an ethnically diverse and uh, uh, and uh, demographically diverse age group and that sort of thing congregation, and that's their drive. I've had pastors say that. Oh, we're we're all about being diverse. Well, don't you think you should be all about sharing the good news? Like, shouldn't that be your main thing? And if God chooses to bring different people into your context, that's great. You should be welcoming to them. But you shouldn't have as your mission to be diverse. God will bring the diversity. You should have as your mission to share the good news, to go and make disciples. Absolutely. Right? That's You have a great commission to fulfill, and it doesn't have anything to do with being diverse. So if they have all those kind of buzzwords, those are they're, huge red flags. They're
2: off topic. And the topic is the Bible is Christ. And they're off topic. When you're bringing in those words, that's off
1: topic. And so, then I'll listen to a sermon and see if they actually preach the scripture or if they bring up a verse and then they have just some topical thing that has almost nothing to do with the verse they read. That happens a lot.
2: So are we going to get to why we would leave a church?
1: Yeah, so let's let's pivot to that. So, I think that. I want that, to share my experience. Okay.
2: Uh, I was going to a biblical church. I knew the pastor. He was a great pastor, really understood the Bible, really preached from the Bible.
1: And we miss you, Imran. We hope you come back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, over, a, over a period of time, and I was involved in teaching Sunday school and uh, very involved with in the church and, and all sorts of things. My wife was as well. But it got to a point where we were starting to feel that we were not growing any longer. And... Uh, there were some other people that were getting upset with us because we were actually having our children memorize the Bible, and they felt uh, convicted that their kids didn't know the Bible as well, and, and we were judging them, and that we were being more conservative in our dress. Um, we weren't letting our children wear, you know, very skimpy outfits, and so those things started culminating. And um so it took us a year. We had decided that this is not working. We want to start changing. We want to start trying to do something. We talked to the elders. Talked to the pastor. And it took us a year, but the, the way to leave a church is to talk to the elders and pastors. You shouldn't leave on bad terms. You should put, bring your concerns, say, hey, this is where I'm uncomfortable, this is you know, what I'm being led to. And you should really pray through this, spend time in God's Word, spend time uh, searching out what God wants you to do, and then talk to your pastors and elders and say, hey, this is where I feel uncomfortable, this is what I'm looking for. Um, and don't expect the church to change for you because that's not going to happen. Okay. Now, you may have said some things that might convict the elders or the pastor to move in a certain direction, which would be awesome. And you should try to do that. But at a certain point, there, you just have to look someplace else. So we ended up leaving a, a very good Bible church because we wanted more growth. We wanted more um, deep discussions, meat, and getting into the, the Word of God and actually discussing things as opposed to just being preached at. And so we ended up with a house church. And the pastor that ran the house church, I didn't agree with on a lot of stuff. But you know what it did? Just like iron sharpens iron when, when you're, when, if, if both irons the same, they 're not going to sharpen anything if there's friction is what sharpens the iron right yeah. so there was friction, and that made me go much deeper into the Bible, learn more, and you know pretty soon we parted ways from that church not too soon. we, we took spend a year or so, but we grew a lot, but the whole thing was we my wife and I and my family really were searching out what does God want for us, so the right way to leave church is talking to them and, and talking to the pastor and elders and actually having conversation and say, these are
1: my concerns. And it has to be something that I I feel is best. If you don't just have a conversation with the pastor, say, Hey, we've been thinking about it, praying about it, talking amongst ourselves about it. And now we're informing you that we're leaving. I think you, I think it's helpful to let the pastor and the leadership of the church know that we have concerns and we're, we're seriously making some giving some consideration about making a move, making a change, and giving them a chance to address your concerns before you just made up your mind we're leaving. Because maybe there's some things that they could correct you on that like you misunderstand where they're coming from, or they could make some accommodation. Like, wow, we never realized that that was so important to you. Give them a chance to try to salvage. I don't think just showing up and saying we're leaving. I've made that mistake in the past, and uh, it wasn't well appreciated by the pastor, and he was uh, rather rather uh, agitated in how he. Yeah, I don't think he handled his I don't think I handled it as, as as courageously as I should have. Uh but I don't think he handled it as pastorally as he might have in response to my lack of courage, but I would just encourage I would encourage anybody who's thinking about it. This should not be an easy decision. This should be a hard decision. A Absolutely. very very hard decision.
2: Absolutely. And <coughs> with us we remained friends. We had a lot of friends in the church. It wasn't um, we were leaving a church because it had a woman pastor or it had uh, started ordaining uh, homosexuality or th- things like that. It, it wasn't that. It was we wanted something deeper, and we, wanted, and we were really concerned about the promiscuity or the, the, the dress of people that are coming to church and raising be clothing. I mean, when you know, my son Daniel was only about eight or nine years old, and he's saying, well, how is that woman's dress staying up? You know, now we had an issue there, so we wanted to that's something that was something important to well,
1: us let 's use some of the issues that you just mentioned like uh rather noteworthy people will pay attention to the the big names in uh american evangelicalism uh Rick Warren is a big name you know he uh, he 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 did a discussion with the presidents a number of years ago it was a big televised event the presidential candidates uh he wrote a a very successful book about you know how to live a more Christian life uh and I, you know, I would not recommend his church the purpose per, per, purpose uh, purpose driven life is the name of the book that went it was a huge bestseller so he's a pretty big note, big name and so we think oh rick warren he's a big name he had a best-selling book he must be good but he's been drifting more and more and more over the years and he's gotten really wobbly on the question of we talked about this i think our first week on this subject matter a couple weeks ago on the egalitarian uh complementarian issue and he's totally fine with female pastors and teachers and leaders and he's still a red flag. he's still in the Southern Baptist Convention, which goes against Even their going back to their the... doctrinal statements. I don't understand how but they now he's now stepping down and he's being replaced by a husband wife tandem team. So if that's you, it's like, okay, no. I guess this is my last Sunday coming here. Is that the end? No. Or do you go well, talk well, to me, them about it first?
3: <laughs> let me clarify because husband, wife, tandem team and I don't know the situation in this case, but there's a lot of churches that I've I've seen that I actually would recommend. That are led by a husband-wife team. They're listed both on the website as pastor and pastor, and Mr. and Mrs. And I actually would still recommend those churches. And you see this a lot in the black community, actually. It's a very common way of, of putting it on their leadership team. The woman is not actually preaching. But she, what does it mean listed. to be the pastor, then? They just call them both because she's leading the women in the church. She's pr- teaching the women in the church. But he's the only one preaching. Not, I'm not. I don't know what Rick Warren's church, that may be different. But there are certain churches where... The the pastor and his wife are both listed in the leadership team, but she is very
1: explicitly not given any teaching of men duties. Most of the, the church, and I know the 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 the, uh, the environment, the cultural environment you're talking about there. Most of those churches that I'm familiar with that have that kind of a setup, over, at least the ones that I feel like are trying to be really biblical, they will refer to, they will make up a title, at least it's not a misapplication of a biblical title, and they'll refer to the pastor's wife as the first lady of the church. Yeah, that's That doesn't really bother me. It's like, okay, that's not really a biblical title, but at least you're not calling her pastor. Those are called pastor. I gotta say, in my experience, you maybe know some of the exceptions. All the churches I know where it's a husband-wife team that both have the title pastor, they both preach i don't know i don't yeah, personally if know, they but do it,
3: that would be a, r- a big red flag yeah so i would be uh, i would not be a favor so let's
1: of say you let's say you work warren had a church in frederick actually we have an example of this one of the biggest churches in frederick county is uh, frederick christian fellowship and they had a, a male pastor for the longest time and now his number two if i understand it correctly is a woman so and i don't know if she preaches or what her what her role is in leading and discipling and shepherding. Because the, there's shepherding involved that doesn't always involve preaching. Right. Right? So, And, and there's an example in the Bible. If you were going there, if would Priscilla, you leave FCF?
3: Well, there's an example in the Bible of Priscilla and Aquila, right? Aquila and Priscilla were husband and wife, and they both mentored and discipled Apollos together. They took him into their house, and they both mentored and discipled Apollos. It's in Acts seventeen, eighteen, something like that.
1: Is she ever is she ever positioned in Scripture as a
3: pastor, though? She's positioned as a mentorship and a mentor and disciple. She she taught. But all
1: Christians oh, are called together, to
3: that. right? So that that's the type of role that a, a woman can have in the church, but not preaching in the church service. And I
1: think because pastors be don't way. only preach. That's a that's a misnomer, right? They think the only the only job the pastor has is to preach. You, you, trust me. It's not the only thing pastors do. Uh, it can be rather overwhelming. The other kinds of things you have to do that have to do with the, the discernment issues we've been wrestling with on these past few shows. Like, what's the direction we need? How do we respond as a team, as elders? We need to determine how are we going to respond to these government mandates? Mm-hmm. Whether you're preaching or not, you're involved in making a spiritual leadership decision, and that's something that right. I think the Bible reserves for those who are the elders. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the issues that you know, that comes up with, you know, your example of Rick Warren or, you know, even even probably uh, FCF is, you know, is there's a, I I would be leery of a church that is so large that you don't have uh, a personal relationship with, with at least one or several of, of the elders Um, because there is no very good way to leave such a large church and, and you won't be as missed probably unless you're one of the few people that, you know, is so involved that you, that you do have a, a close personal relationship with, with some of the elders
1: so you guys didn't really give me a straight answer yet. If you were at Rick Warren's if church— preaching would, during the service, then that would be a time to just get it. Yeah, so that. that's like—that that would be a knockout in that case, but still now, handle
3: it. I do differentiate. There's some, time, some church services, there's an open time of testimony and sharing, mm-hmm. and there's, I don't think there's any prohibition in the Bible of prayer or giving a testimony by a woman. It's oh, yeah, no, no, and preaching, that's the difference. Right, yeah. Um, no,
1: I, I'm agreeing. So just just agreeing to clarify.
3: It doesn't mean if a woman ever opens her mouth, oh, she can't sing. Okay. No, that's not what I said.
1: Right, uh, right. yeah. No, I'm she's uh,
3: preaching the sermon. That's okay,
1: I think we're going to actually transition probably into the music question, but it actually is related a little bit to this, uh, uh, the question of what you're looking for in a church and, and, and what, what, what's good biblical. So we're going to talk about uh, worship music, worship style, worship uh, song choices, those sorts of things next on week. next week's show. So thank you, gentlemen. David Forcey joining the party. Uh, Daniel Razvi, Imran Razvi, I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate on 9:30 WFMd online at wfmd.com, and you can follow us um, through my church's website as well, HouseholdOfFaithInChrist.com. That's going to put a wrap on it for this week. Till next week, about 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.